there, and thanks so much for joining us on the Real Life Podcast. We are in week four of our Experiencing God series, and this message is called, Why Can't I Hear From God? Let's jump in. want to spend a few minutes in God's Word together. And so if you've got a Bible Bible app, would you turn on to John chapter 10 is where we are today. John is one of the four Gospels in the New Testament, the story, life, ministry, teaching of Jesus. John uh, chapter 10. If you need to Google it, ask somebody nearby you, get there. I want to pray, and let's just ask God to speak during this time. Lord, you are good just evidenced by all these lives that you're changing right now. Thankful for Dean. Thankful, God, for Kevin and Shada. God, thankful for just the way that you're moving. All those, those families yesterday, God, that were out there running and, and uh, raising money for one heart, God. What a gift. Lord, um, so humbling to see uh, little efforts by each of us, God, moving and changing and, and making such an impact, God. We trust, God, that you're going to be here with us in this time. We trust, God, that you're going to be speaking, leading, revealing yourself. God, there's people in this room that need to know you for the very first time. God, make yourself real and known, God, in this time. There's people in the room that need encouragement. Bring encouragement. People that need conviction, bring conviction. God, do what you do so well, God. We trust you to be here in this time. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. We've been in a conversation called Experiencing God. It's been good. I love this conversation because it takes this idea of following Jesus and being a disciple of Jesus out of some concept into a reality, like powerful reality. Your life is being impacted through this conversation because we are desiring to move from a kind of a religious life and motion to an actual encounter with the living God where we're not just doing our own life and our own thing and asking God to bless it, but we are, we are actively humbling ourselves and trying to find where God is at work and be there with him and be a part of this miracle of, of God's work in our city, in our family, in our workplaces. Uh, we celebrated Kevin and Shada a few minutes ago, but you got to know David and Kevin work together, and David's been coming here for, for probably almost 10 years and a part of our church and to watch him at work share his, his love for Jesus and invite Kevin to be here, and his family comes, and they get baptized. Their kids are dedicated. One or two small interactions at work, and God is doing something powerful. And I just think about all of us long for that. You're not here just to go through motions and waste an hour of your Sunday. You actually want to experience God. I believe that with all of my heart. And so, so I, I come to this with a lot of excitement today because I love how amazing God is at revealing himself. No matter where you're at, where you've been, what last night looked like, what the car ride here felt like, I, I believe God is so good at making himself known. Today, I want to talk to you about how to know and how to experience and how to hear when God is speaking. I believe God's speaking and wants to speak to you. And that you can actually develop an ability to hear his voice and his promptings and sense his leadership in your life. That that God actually wants a relationship with you that's real. That's not some distant notion about him, but, but speaking, leading, prompting, moving your life more into his purpose and more into his will. I believe with all my heart that God wants us to be a people who actually hear his voice. 
But as we start to talk about hearing God's voice, I just want to warn you, caution you. This is a, a mysterious conversation. When I say mysterious, because God is kind of a mystery. He is spirit. And, and we have a spirit, we have a soul that connects to God, but, but we're so practical and pragmatic and life is just kind of going and things are just happening. And, and, and it feels like, man, if God doesn't hit us with a bolt of lightning, then we may never experience God. And so there's this kind of sense of like, oh, there, there's got to be a kind of a humility about this conversation and almost a curiosity. God, how, how do I hear your voice? Our, our house broke. I don't know if your house breaks sometimes, but ours is old and it broke uh, a couple of weeks ago. Like the whole main water line decided to just start leaking everywhere underground. That's awesome. We're like water pressure's down, what happened? And, and the city comes and all this figures out, hey, guess what? Your pipe is broken and you got to pay for it. And we're like, awesome. This is so good. And um, so they start digging and I'm talking like five feet down, like our entire yard is piles of dirt right now. It's awesome. Not awesome, okay? I don't know if you're tracking with me today. But uh, so as they start digging up 110 years of earth in our yard, there's this kind of mystery. What's going to happen as we go underground here? What, like excavating is this like discovery process. There's no way to x-ray vision underneath the ground and kind of figure it all out and make a nice plan. These guys just start digging and make the plan as they go. And there's this kind of mysterious curiosity of like, what are we going to find? How is this going to go? What's going to work? What's not going to work? They're, they're trying to pull the pipe out from underneath our, our concrete slab and it's not coming. So now they have a jackhammer in our basement. I mean, that is so awesome. And uh, talk about a relaxing weekend, right? That there's this like, oh, what is going to, what's going on underneath there? And I think that that same level of curiosity is what God wants in our hearts today. Who is God and what is it like to hear his voice and how are we going to understand it and, and can I really know his voice and what is it like to hear God and, and how do I discern his leading in my life? Being such a pragmatist like I am and like many of us are, longing for everything to make sense, to fit in a box, to check off a list. That kind of approach doesn't really work. This is a relationship with God. If you treat anybody like a checklist, you're not going to be very close to that person. And oftentimes, this is how we treat God. I get to Sunday, check. I did my devotion, check. I did my thing with God, check. I listen to worship music instead of the other music, check. And we have this kind of approach to God that, that is really not relational at all. And I think that there's a, there's a sense about this conversation that just forces us to do kind of some, some reality check in our soul. Like, hey, am I pursuing God intimately in a, in, a, in a way where I actually want to know his voice? Or am I just content to check the boxes? And I believe with all my heart that you're here because you want to move past that. In Matthew chapter 13, this struck me. I was reading scripture this week, just in my own time. Jesus was in his hometown, and, and um, he started to perform some miracles, but it wasn't going good. And the author, Matthew, says in verse 58, Jesus, he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. He moved on. And I just think about this conversation today as an invitation to become a people of faith. To not sit where we are and expect God to just come on board with our agenda, but to actually be a people who God can reveal himself to and make himself known in our city. That he doesn't have to just kind of pass us by and go do his, his miracles and his work. That we would be a people with a sense of like, 
God, would you do something in our lives, in our day, in our families, in our city, in our schools? God, would this actually be a place where you can work powerfully, that there would be faith stirred in our hearts during this conversation? This is not about a method. This is about knowing Jesus. How to hear his voice is all about being closely connected with Jesus knowing his promptings, knowing his spirit inside you, what he sounds like, what he feels like, and, and really being able to discern that together. But I want to set some just baseline theology again for you today. I've been kind of doing this each week because what you think about God is the most important thing about you. Some of you haven't spent any time thinking about this. Hey, does God speak? Can I hear him? What's his voice sound like? Who is he? What does he say? Like many of us haven't spent any energy on this. And so let me just set some baseline. First is this, that God is always speaking. I want you to understand this. God is always speaking, always has been, always will be. Our God is a speaking God. So anybody that tries to tell you otherwise is not reading scripture because the Bible is a, is a story of God speaking to his people. In fact, you look at the very creation account in Genesis chapter one, God said, <laughs> let there be light. God said, let there be sea and sky and mountains and fish and animals. God said, God spoke and creation came to life. God spoke and humans existed. God spoke and we have a sun and stars in the sky. When God speaks, God is moving in a powerful way. And it's so important that you understand our God is a speaking God. Hebrews chapter one says, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. Even used a donkey one time to speak. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. <laughs> Jesus is known as the word. In the beginning was the word. The word is God. When God speaks, Jesus actually became, becomes the physical manifestation of God speaking. And so the writer of Hebrews is acknowledging the nature of Jesus. And then Jesus in John chapter 16, 14 and 16 says, hey, it's better for you that I go because I'm gonna send you a, an advocate, a helper, and he's gonna actually lead you into all truth. He is gonna remind you of the things that I've said. He is the one that's gonna prompt you. This is a promise of Jesus' spirit. So the spirit of Christ is given to every believer. Our God is a speaking God who wants to speak to you, reveal himself to you and through you. And he wants to get his words out there so his people can understand who he is and what he's about and what he's accomplishing. God is a speaking God. And then the, thing, the other thing that I want to set just baseline for you today is what God says God will accomplish. You got to understand this. Like what God speaks, God's going to do. See, this is why the promises in scripture are so powerful because everything God has ever said, God does. And so when you're having a bad day and you have nothing to anchor your soul because you are consumed with the circumstances that you are in the middle of, a promise from God can lift your heart and fill you with hope and go, wow, if God said that he was going to be my shield and my protector, no matter what these people are saying about me, I can have confidence because my God has declared that he is my fortress. 
He, he is my shelter. He is my hiding place. These promises are so powerful because what God says, God does. And so you and I can, can have this confidence in his voice and what he said and what he's going to say and what, what he will accomplish through this. I love having a people of hope in the midst of a hopeless time because we have something so much greater than our circumstance to hold on to. We have promise from God himself. We have words from God to hold our hearts steady. Philippians 2.13 says, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. It is God that is working in you. He is even going to work inside of us crazy people to get his will done. What God says, God will do. I love Isaiah 55, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It's like rain. It will not return to me empty or void. My word, he says, will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. What God says, God does. And finally, this is where we get to John chapter 10. Hope you got it there in your Bible. God is speaking to you. God wants to speak, wants to reveal himself to you. In John chapter 10, here we get a picture. Jesus gives us a word picture of sheep and a shepherd. It's a conversation they had a lot at this point in history because they were kind of those people. They had a lot of sheep and they had a lot of shepherds. Maybe not the same context for us, but I want you to just understand Jesus is trying to paint a picture of what it's like to have God speak to you. In John chapter 10, he paints a picture of a sheep and a shepherd and a pen and a gate. If you can imagine like, hey, it's nighttime. Let's put the sheep in the pen and let's not let any robbers jump in and steal them or any wolves come in and eat them. There's a gate and there's a gatekeeper and, and the gatekeeper knows I only let the shepherd in. I don't let the thief in. I don't let the wolves in. Right? There's this kind of picture that Jesus paints here in John chapter 10. Look at verse 2. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. That's the one who has authority. That's the one who's in charge. The watchman, the guard at the gate, he opens the gate for him. And the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus is painting this picture because he wants you and I to understand what it's like for us to know that he is speaking to us. Like a shepherd knows what's best for his sheep. He, he puts us in places that are protected. He takes us to places of nourishment. He leads us through really treacherous seasons. But, but we can trust that our shepherd knows what's best and that he loves us and that he's wanting what, what is best for our lives, that there is an intimacy. He, he actually goes out ahead of us and he's like, hey, come on. 
I'm going to lead you to this still water. I'm going to show you where you need to go. Hey, come on, that there's a sense of trust from the sheep to the shepherd. Like we understand that he is good and that he knows the way and that I can trust his leading and his prompting in my life. See, this is the picture that Jesus gives us of intimate connection with our shepherd and a trust in our hearts, a faith believing that what he says is good and right and best for our lives. And this is what Jesus wants to develop in us as a people, if we are going to experience God, this is the kind of picture that God wants to develop in your life with him. I know for me, I grew up in church, but it wasn't until about, I think it was 16, almost 17 years ago now, the first time I studied experiencing God, this conversation that we're having, that this stirred in me a hunger because I'd known God. I'd been around God. I'd been, you know, in church my whole life, but like the amount of times that I really sense God's speaking to me was like less than a handful. And, and I remember just this longing in me to go, man, God, I want to I know your voice. I want to know it like the sheep know the shepherd's voice. And I think that's part of why Jesus paints this picture is he's, he's stirring in us a hunger to not settle for kind of a, a form of religion and godliness that lacks connection and intimacy with the one who knows what's best for us. Jesus wants to speak to you. He wants to lead your life. And I think it's so important that when you know this, that you can just kind of settle your heart down to go, okay, when you hear the voice of God, the prompting of the creator of the universe, that's an affirmation to your heart that you actually belong to him. He says, my sheep know my voice. What an affirmation to go, That was God. God is speaking to me today. Even if, if it senses like, you feel it's like conviction or like, hey, I want to change this thing. Or maybe it's encouragement. Like these are words from God himself revealing himself to you. That should be a massive affirmation that you are experiencing God, that you know him, that he knows you, that you hear his voice, that he is your shepherd. We are his sheep. Like, man, what a gift. God is just helping you to just kind of settle your heart and go, hey, you're mine. I have you. I will lead you through this to those places that I have in mind. The thing that that I think is important to ask in this is to go, okay, well, how does the Holy Spirit speak? Jesus said, it's better for you that I go. I'm going to send you a helper, an advocate, a comforter. He is my spirit. How is it that the Holy Spirit speaks to us? In the past, they had prophets They had donkeys that spoke, right? They had all these other various ways. And now it's the Holy Spirit today. How does the Spirit speak to you? The Holy Spirit speaks, number one, through the Bible. I want you to understand this, that this is God's revealed word to us. And the Holy Spirit will never speak contrary to the Bible. God is never going to to be confused or change his mind. What God has said is what God intended to say. He didn't make mistakes and he's not editing it as he goes. That God spoke through the Bible. The Holy Spirit currently speaks to you through scripture, through prayer. As you and I are praying and seeking God, he can prompt you in your heart. He can make his, his leadership known. He will also speak through circumstances in your life. I was talking to a friend this morning and he was just lining up like six things that all fit kind of the same theme. And he's like, how does God speak to you? And I'm like, a lot of times like that, where it's this massive theme because I am just kind of hard headed sometimes. And God has to like stick my face right in the middle of it and go, hey, I'm doing all these miracles around you. Are you paying attention? A lot of times God speaks to you through the church. 
through, through the leadership that God has put in place is why it's so important to be a part of a community, a part of a family. You're submitted to God's leading and prompting here. But there's people here that are watching over you and, and helping you discern God's leading and prompting in your life. God speaks through, through people to reveal himself, to reveal his ways, to reveal his purposes to you. So the Spirit is doing this. And I would say, lastly, before we move on, is just knowing, like, how do I know? Is this God? Is this yesterday's burger that I had? You know, like, what, what is this that, that I'm sensing today? Is to really make sure that for us, that God's, God's word is always the backstop, the, the, the filter everything runs through. And, it, and oftentimes, I'll, I'll stop as I'm praying, and I'm sensing God speak to me. I'll write it down in my journal. This is why journaling is so important in my, my spiritual walk, because, because I, I, I write slower than I think. You know what I'm saying? And it helps me to kind of slow down, and I look at what I just wrote, and I go, wow, that does not sound like God at all. And I'm thinking about Scripture, and I'm going, hey, God, God would call me to love somebody, not resent somebody, right? And oftentimes I'll underline what I think it is that God's saying, and it kind of gives me a chance to almost like hit pause on that, and, and, and I can start to discern. I can run it through the grid of what I know to be God's word. This is why it's so important that you understand God's word is truth. Not that you're just good at Googling stuff in scripture, right? It's really quiet in here. Um, but that you really have like a, a grid for his word. And, and then I'll kind of run it by people, key people in my life that I'm submitted to, that I know are godly people that know God's word. I don't just run it by anybody that has, you know, the latest, you know, fad going on in their heart and their mind. I, I'll run it through people that I trust, that I know are anchored in the word of God. And I go, hey, does this sound like Jesus? Does this sound like the Holy Spirit speaking to me? What do you think about this? And I think for me, that just allows me the space to discern Sometimes it's super obvious. Love your wife. You don't need to pray about that one. Just go do it, right? You, you don't need to pray about whether or not you should tithe, whether or not you should sacrifice, whether or not you should serve. There's a lot of really clear things in scripture. And when the Holy Spirit prompts you that way, do it. We'll talk more about obedience next week and, and what to do when God does speak. But I, I want to just kind of just call us to a place where we're willing to do the work of really hearing from God. Because here's a danger I see. Because oftentimes we'll pray in the big moments. God, I need you. My marriage is falling apart. My kids are crazy. This work, I'm going to kill my boss. You know, like whatever it is. Like we have these big epic moments. We're like, God, where are you? And I, I, I see this all the time in, in my pastoral work with people is we haven't done the work of building a real clear, intimate sense of God's prompting in the small moments. So when we get to the big moments, we're actually ill-equipped. Because you haven't learned how to hear his voice in the daily moments, you get to the really big moments and you're not sure if it's God or not. It's a relationship. And I believe that God wants to call us to do kind of the work of the small moments to be prepared for whatever moment he wants to speak in. You imagine a sheep and a shepherd, and the shepherd most days is leading the sheep in pretty routine and mundane places. Yep, we're going up over that hill again, guys. Yep, that's where we're going to get some water today. Yes, this is where I want you to sleep tonight. I know we were here just a few days ago. We're going to come back here again today. 
And for many of us, there's maybe a discontent with the small kind of moments of really discerning the Spirit's leading and voice in our life. But I believe it is in these small moments that we really build a capacity of intimacy for the larger moments, knowing God's voice. So let me just give you a few things today. I really believe this with all my heart, that hearing comes through holiness. If you're taking notes today, I want you to get this, that hearing the voice of God comes through holiness in your life. What do I mean by holy? Holy is a sacred word. It means to be set apart other than different, peculiar even, that you don't do it the way everyone else does it, that you've made a decision in your heart to go God's way and not the world's way. And this commitment is a, is a commitment that plays out in a lot of really small moments to say, God, I am going to be holy. I'm going to be set apart. But I believe that that starts with a sense of holy expectation, if you're taking notes today. Expectation is one of the most powerful things that you could do in your life to hear from God, is that you could set the expectation in your heart that God is going to speak to me today. Does that make sense? That you're not just waiting for God to hit you with a bolt of lightning, but that you are actually going, God, I am expecting you to speak today. I'm expecting you to move today. I'm expecting you to make yourself known today. I think about a Sunday like today, that we don't come in here with just this sense of like ordinary, whatever, ho-hum, get on with our day, check the box, get out of here, but that we actually walk in here prepared in our hearts with a sense of urgency inside of us. God, I don't want to go through motions. I want you to be here today in a miraculous way. I want you to encounter people. I want you to reveal yourself. I want, to, I want you to speak to me. I want you to speak to everyone in this room that you would actually come in on a Sunday, get to your group. You would get to your time alone with Jesus with a sense of expectation, with a hunger, with a desire for God to move in that time, that you're not content to just sit back and, and, and go through emotion, but you come at it with an expectancy. I think about Sundays all the time because as a team around here, we're calling each other all the time. Hey, if you like, if you're a mess on Saturday night, you're not going to really have a good Sunday morning. Right? If you're, if you're all over the world and you're just consumed with the world on Saturday night, to come in here and lead the charge on a Sunday morning and set the tone, man, it is going to be almost impossible for you to do that. And as people, there's a sense of like, hey, am I bringing faith, expectancy to these little moments? There's a holy expectation that I believe God wants to stir in your heart. This is, man, I'm not going to settle for life as usual, devotions as usual, that I'm just going to check the box and move on with my day, but that I'm going to passionately say, God, speak to me in this moment. That holy expectation could change everything for so many of you in this room. The other thing that I would say is so important is a holy life. Our lives get cluttered by the world, by relationships, by brokenness, by pain, by decisions, by finances, by, by you name it. Our lives just get filled up with stuff. And so a holy life is a, is a sense of cleansing, washing. God, that your word would cleanse this soul, that there'd be a decluttering of competition for the voice of God in your life. Because all those, all those influences are competing to try to win your heart, win your mind, win your, your priorities, win your desires. 
And so for you and I to just recognize, no, God, I need your word. I need your spirit to just wash me. Make me able to hear through the clutter of everything that's been going on in my life. Make me able to discern your promptings, your leading. Understand that holiness is a way that we get rid of competition in our hearts for the voice of God. Third thing is this, is a holy adjustments. God's going to be able to speak to you. There's got to be a humility in your heart that says, where I am, I'm not expecting God to come to you, get on my page and do my thing. God, where you are is where I want to be. I want to go where you are. I want to have my heart aligned with your heart. Think about how much we pray. God, do this, change this, fix this, fix them, change them, move that. All of this is kind of like us just telling God what to do. But a holy kind of posture is one that says, man, God, where are you working? What are you doing? What, God, can you do in this life? What do you want to change? Prayer is not about necessarily adjusting God and his will, but it's adjusting our life to be aligned with God. And then finally, I would say this is, Hearing comes through holiness. And I would say holy moments, number four, are so important for you to recognize. Holy moments. Because a lot of times we make holy moments church moments, religious moments. But there's a lot of ordinary moments that the shepherd is leading us in. Moments of disciplining the kids, getting everybody in the car. The little moments of at work when you're late for the meeting. The moments when you're just studying by yourself in your dorm room, you're just trying to just make it through another week. These little ordinary moments don't feel very holy, but I believe with all my heart that these are the moments that God loves to speak into. And you and I treating every moment like a holy moment creates a sensitivity in our heart to the shepherd's prompting, to his leading in your life. Remember, that's what this is all about. So we have a shepherd who loves us, wants to lead you. And you and I allowing him, giving him room, voice in our life to be able to direct our steps. And that's a people that God can do something miraculous in, something miraculous through. These are people that experience God. And that's what I long for for us is to be a people that actually hear God speak. We live in a culture, everybody's trying to tell you what to do and what to think. Somehow you gotta be able to have a, a clear direction that's not just culture screaming at you, but God himself leading you. My prayer is this, that we would become a people who develop an intimate understanding of God's prompting, his leading in our life. I wanna pray for you today. Would you stand to your feet with me? You know every heart in this room. You, you see every one that's close, disconnected. Whatever the challenge is, whatever the burden is, God, you meet us right in the middle of that. And I just thank you, Jesus, that your grace is enough for every single one of us. God, that your love is here, that you're drawing people to yourself. There's people that don't know you, Jesus, that you're revealing yourself to. Your love, your forgiveness. Oh, your power, God, is so good. There's people here, God, that you've been 
you've been speaking to for a long time, God, and you're just growing their confidence in you today. Jesus, there's people in here that you're going to use powerfully this week, God, as they hear and they respond to your promptings in their life, God. We just trust you to continue to make us your church, make us your people, make us a life, God, that's is directed by you, people who are sensitive to your leading, God. We just thank you so much, Jesus, for speaking this to us today, God. We love you. We trust you. In your name, Jesus. Amen. I love you a ton. Our team will be up here if you need prayer about anything. Maybe you just need to come forward and pray by yourself. Just need to kneel up here. We'd love to just give you that space. Some of our staff elders will be up here. Drop those cards, those, those giving envelopes in that box as you leave today. Love you so much for life. Have an awesome, awesome week. Thanks again for tuning in to the Real Life Spokane podcast. We want to encourage you and help point you closer to Jesus. So be sure to visit our website or to reach out on that phone number. We love you, Real Life. See you next time.